So you've decided to give up that old behavior that's been killing you and all you care for and surrender to a power greater than yourself. That's the first step. Surrender is what opens the prison door. Now it's time to walk through that door and into a whole new way of life. Spirituality, self-care, service, social connection, and the simple daily disciplines that pave the way to lasting freedom. This is Positive Sobriety. Welcome to another episode of the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Oh, we're cranking right along, David and I, uh, episode after episode, guest after guest, putting one foot in front of the other, a day at a time, as they say in recovery. As they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, how's, how's life going for you? All the way up there in Franklin, Tennessee, David. Yeah, up here in the Northlands. Now that you're uh, down in, <laughs> in uh, quiet Mount Pleasant, you know it yeah, is good. Yeah. Uh, life is life is going fine. Uh, you know, life always has its challenges, and uh, you know, life's always teaching you something a little bit. Um, mm-hmm, I learned mm-hmm, I learned mm-hmm. <laughs> something this weekend, and I, I'm reluctant to share it because it's a uh, you know a teachable moment for all of us. Uh, but uh, I. I stayed with my my grandsons this weekend. My okay, uh, my daughter. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned she was recently diagnosed with MS, and she's mm-hmm. you know beginning to talk about it with people and tell people. So I have her permission to talk about it. But her husband is in the National Guard, and he had a drill weekend that he had to be away for. So I was there yeah. Saturday and Sunday, and I was basically you know, the arms and legs for my three and a half and two year old grandsons. (laughs) Oh uh, yeah. You know, so, and I, and I hang in there pretty well. I, you know, I manage and I I do pretty well, but you know, it's a sleep deprivation kind of exercise Mm -hmm. and uh, it is constant motion and you are picking up and uh, you know, uh, Jackson's still young enough to poop his pants and (laughs) so he Mm -hmm. does that a good four or five times a day for some reason. And Patrick is three and a half and he's the uh, guy in charge and he is the absolute police of the house. And, um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered that, that Patrick's vocabulary was, uh, actually broader than I might've realized. (laughs) 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 Uh, And, uh, and that's cause Papa, uh, had a, had a little meltdown moment, um, I was taking, I picked up Jackson, you know, my Mm two-year-old, and uh, he uh, had checked his pants. And of course, he had done it again, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Going for the gold. And so he has filled his pants yet again. So I I scoop him up and I'm tripping over toys and I'm grabbing some clothes to take up with him because that's apparently going to need to be a a thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get through the living room and there's a 125 pound Great Pyrenees dog, the brother to my Mm -hmm. Great Pyrenees, laying in the middle of the floor and he doesn't move if the place was on fire. And so I'm full of Jackson in one arm and, and clothes in the other, and I'm tripping over cars and crap that's left in the floor and uh-huh. trying to straddle this dog. Well, the dog gets spooked, and so he stands up. And so <laughs> now you're riding the dog. Well, I'm riding the dog. And I'm, and I'm straddling the dog. <laughs> I'm straddling the dog with a two year old in my arm and clothes in my yeah. hand and just stepped on a matchbox car. And I said, Yeah. Damn it, Carl, get down yeah. <laughs> Carl being the dog yeah <laughs> Patrick I thought I had mumbled it perhaps you know yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, under yeah, my yeah. breath Patrick was in earshot he was right behind me didn't know it and he said Papa that is a very bad word and we should never say that mama says we should never say that word <laughs> 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 and I said you know Papa is 
very sorry. I said, you are right. Papa is very sorry. I should not use that word. You should not use that word. We don't need to, we don't need to use that word. Um, yeah. Papa was very upset. I'm very sorry. You are, you are right, Patrick. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. And yeah, of course, yeah, in yeah. my head, I'm thinking, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. Papa tried not to cuss while he keeps the boys. I think there's a I don't know. There, maybe there's a movie in that somewhere or yeah, a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, they're getting old enough now that they're calling us on our crap. So we got to up our game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, you know, my grandkids are getting old enough where I have to start calling them on their crap. You know, we were. At, <laughs> At, at, at Christmas, uh, Allie and I were down in Florida with the youngest grandkids. So eight-year-old boy, six-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, six-year-old Ella, there was a doll she really, you know, wanted. Mm-hmm. And we had man- we had managed to get this, you know, highly desired, you know, scarce toy. Yeah. And she, she had no idea. It was all wrapped up. So it's Christmas morning. And she's just the sweetest little thing, you know. Mm-hmm. six years old it's this family time and we're around the tree and you know she gets the big present she opens up she looks down she goes what the hell <laughs> <laughs> and her parents turned red and we just just cracked up laughing <laughs> my son goes i have no idea where she heard that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hilarious oh my gosh yeah yeah well, well yeah, uh, you gotta love it i mean you know they they uh they mimic us and they pick us uh they pick us up and uh kind of uh yeah. hold up a mirror I, you know, once in a while i i do know you know i am not my best at moments of stress oh my gosh and and if I'm surprised at moments of stress or if I have a goal that is blocked, you know, I've got up a little momentum and all of a sudden I'm up against a, you know, a, a brick wall. Mm-hmm. You know, my emotions spike. Right. Uh, you know, my filters uh, tend to suffer at that point. Yeah. Um, totally. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I it's inter- it- Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I've said it on the podcast before. You know, before recovery, when I was the squeaky clean uh, Saint Nate Christian guy, <laughs> um, I I never swore at all. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then it's interesting during recovery. It's as though you know, as my behavior improved, my language uh, suf- uh, suffered. So, <laughs> although the way the way it was framed for me by my sponsor at the time was that that was actually a healthy development. I was getting more honest in, yeah. uh, you know, finding a way to express what was actually going on. I yeah. That's true. Yeah. Right, but I, yeah. Well, I think there's some validity to that. I even saw a study yeah. recently that said they measured the pain uh, thresholds of people who swore during treatments, like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, painful oh, really? medical procedures. Yeah. yeah. And they said right, that right, the right, people right. Who, who allowed themselves to swear during the, uh, during the treatment actually uh, suffered uh, le- re- or reported less levels of acute pain. Um, oh. So now I'm using it as anesthesia. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of anesthesia, we've got a guest. Uh, this week is going to talk to us not about anesthesia, but about, uh, you know, a a benign uh, psychoactive substance that can maybe help us uh, handle the stresses associated with early sobriety. Yes. And I am going to absolutely go online and order his product after this weekend. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, with that as a tease, stay with us, listeners. We'll be back in just a moment on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. We have a never-ending variety of guests. Fascinating people in the world of recovery. Fascinating uh, variety of approaches to recovery. Uh, strategies, aids, and uh, David, you have happened onto 
well, a unique guest this week. Would you, would you introduce him? <laughs> I will, happily. Uh, this is Thomas White, and Thomas is the CEO and co-founder of Exact Nature. And Exact Nature is um, a company using CBD in recovery. It's CBD-based uh, products. And uh, Thomas is going to tell us uh, not only uh, how he got into that business, but the difference between CBD and some of the other things that people hear about and maybe what some of the misconceptions are, but also really, and most interestingly, I think, how it helps people recovering from uh, substance use disorder and cravings and all those kind of things that uh, CBD works in conjunction with the brain to do. So Thomas, uh, welcome to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Thanks, gentlemen. So it's such a pleasure to be here. I have great respect for what the two of you are doing, and it's important work. Well, that thank you're doing. you so much. So, uh, Thomas. Oh, so uh, I've got. Well, first of all, a personal question: How old a guy are you? Uh, I'm uh, sixty. Okay. Oh, here you're a young looking sixty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> So I gather that uh, in your 60 years, you've been around the block a couple times. Uh, there's, a, there's a backstory. There's a road that you traveled that uh, wound up now uh, doing this CBD business. I wonder if you could kind of run the tape back a little bit and describe for us kind of your life around, especially around anything recovery related. Sure. Uh, I'm 13 years in recovery. I, okay. founded, I founded this business with my son, Daniel, who was 23, who mm -hmm. is also in addiction recovery. I have okay. two sons. Uh, Dan is the oldest at 23 and a younger son, Ian, at 21. Uh, Ian uh -huh. doesn't, doesn't suffer from the same thing that his brother and his father do. Okay. So uh, growing up, I had this kind of joie de vivre, you know, I had this lust for life. I did all kinds of things, all kinds of adventures and and really uh, sought out anything that could uh, could really push those uh, adventure buttons, if you will. Uh, uh -huh. You know, in my life, I've met three U.S. presidents, uh, uh, mm -hmm. countless other celebrities and, and and world figures. I worked in higher education, which is a good place to do that. Um, yeah, so I've, I've kind of I've lived a very full life. Uh, been to probably 40, 40 some countries, uh, and, and mm -hmm. professionally, I, I was very successful. But at that same time, I was, you know, kind of uh, uh, slipping into darkness with my my addictions. And so uh -huh. alcohol was my primary poison, if mm -hmm. you will, because it's so readily available and socially sure. acceptable. Uh, but I have addiction across the board. And so I've mm -hmm. never slept under a bridge uh, and I and I always held held jobs. But for 20 some years, I probably drank just about uh -huh. every day mm -hmm. and it got progressively worse over that time. As you've got, you mm -hmm. understand how that works. Sure. And I had two DUIs in the process. Mm -hmm. Thought that one would have been enough, uh, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. So I got the second DUI and, and my wife at, at, was very <clears throat> firm, understandably, but but mm -hmm. now is the time that you got to seek out rehab. And so mm -hmm. I, I did. I went to rehab for a month and it was a very good rehab in, in the uh, Miami Beach area. And uh, pardon me, not in the, in the West Palm Beach area of Florida. Mm -hmm. and a very good recovery community mm -hmm. down there. And even after, even after my rehab, I relapsed probably five or six times in that first year following yeah. rehab. Yeah, but as I said to her at the time, uh, and this time it happened to be true, was that I was learning. <laughs> right, I, I, <laughs> going back, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was learning to string together a few days at a time, and then a few weeks, and finally a few months at a time. But when it, so I was starting starting to get it. So while the yeah. rehab didn't take right away, it did certainly help me. I'm not sure I could have done it without some kind of, some kind of rehab. And so now when I say I have 13 years of sobriety, that's continuous sobriety after mm -hmm. that year of relapsing. Yeah. You know, I'm in pretty good, pretty firm footing at this point, but uh, mm -hmm. never. Yeah. Right. 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 Never turn your back on. Yeah. This. Right. Yeah. 
And so I feel like I've been one of the lucky ones. You know, I was one of those people that have, have finally found the sobriety that I knew I needed. Um, but I'll tell you, before I got sober, probably I felt hopeless and helpless mm-hmm. and a lot of shame and so on. But the, but the, what I was feeling most was fear, uh, just this uh-huh. fear that I couldn't do it. You know, yeah, yeah. That I couldn't, I couldn't get sober. And this fear that living life sober without alcohol uh, was just going to be boring. It was not going to mm-hmm. uh, provide for me the kind of, of adventure filled life that I had lived up to that point. And I'm here to say that I could not have been more wrong about that. So I enjoy everything yeah. that I did uh, prior to sobriety. I do it now. And that's, I'm an avid cyclist, so I enjoy mm-hmm. cycling every bit as much. And I go hear a lot. I'm a big music buff. I go hear a lot of live music, and I mm-hmm. enjoy it every bit as much, and probably even more than I did mm. before. So yeah, 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 so yeah. Was was misplaced, yeah. and and that's easy to say, you know, 13 years into this, because the first six months, first year. I, as we know, in the rooms of AA, we always talk about the newcomer being the most important person in the yeah. in the room because mm-hmm. we know how vulnerable we are in that in that first six months and year and so forth. So, I finally have gotten it and uh, wanted to do something to to pay to pay back or to give back to those people that still mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. with this. So, mm-hmm. how did mm-hmm. you get into the CBD uh, arena? Thomas, um, because, you know, there's a lot of evidence, like you said earlier, before we recorded about the way CBD interacts with um, uh, symptoms of recovering uh, people in early, especially early uh, sobriety. Um, How did, how did you discover the benefits of all this? Right. Well, I, I kind of fell into it. Our, before moving back to Maine, I lived in Reno, Nevada for about uh, Mm -hmm. six years our next door neighbors in Reno were the, have the first hemp handlers license in the state of Nevada and were the first CBD suppliers in the state of Nevada. They're called PNX botanicals. And through them, I learned quite a lot about CBD and just a little bit about it going into that. Uh, but beyond that, I, uh, I learned a lot more and I would pepper them with questions about, you know, what kinds of issues uh, does CBD help with? And they talked about how it helps with depression and anxiety. That was of interest to me uh, because for me, when my active addiction moved out, depression uh, moved in. So, yeah. I, so I thought about it when I'm talking to them, in my mind, I thought, can CBD play a role in people helping people get sober? And it, it definitely can. I'll explain that in, in further detail. Um, but I thought about those particular challenges we face, and certainly in early recovery. And for me, it's been ongoing this issue with with depression. Uh, but it can also help get better sleep. Something people uh, new into recovery suffer from. Mm-hmm. And it can help. Uh, it can help curb addictive cravings. That was the thing that that interested me most. And when I asked them about that, that the Perry's about that, the PNX botanical folks, they just lit up. They said, mm-hmm. Oh, we have, we have stories to tell you. And they told me about friends of theirs. One wasn't uh, op- suffering from opioid use disorder and two were alcoholics. And, and they talked about how they had been giving their CBD uh, to, to these friends and how it helped help them. It, it mm-hmm. you know, it will never, I would never say that you take CBD and your, your addictions will be, will go away. That just right. doesn't work, right. but it can, right. it can be an important tool in a mm-hmm. toolbox. What we've done. And, and so after talking to them, I did about three months of really extensive research into this and, and looked at, at probably all of the available research out there about CBD and how it can help with these issues. And and decided that yes, this is something that has a role to play and can help people uh, get mm. sober. So what we do is we take a we take the CBD and and our the hemp is grown in in the state of Nevada, which has very favorable growing conditions. It's the most arid state in the country, as well as an as well as a regulatory environment. So they they have they grow some of the best hemp in 
in the country in in Nevada. And so I, that was the starting point. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to take this premium CBD and surround it with other ingredients that have long been used for these issues as well. So for curbing addictive cravings, for instance, we take a couple of amino acids and put them in there. Magnesium helps with this. And and kudzu root, which has been used by the Chinese since 600 AD for this mm. issue. So, and each product that we have, we have three primary product lines, detoxes for curbing addictive cravings. We have a serenity, which is for mood and focus and, and more largely speaking for depression and for anxiety. And then we have Z's, which is for better, for better sleep. All of those come in capsules and oils and drink. Powders. Yeah. So, but, but it was originally that uh, getting to know our neighbors that were in this CBD space and really these, and these, the Perry's, they don't suffer fools. So I knew that they were onto something and you could just tell with the, um, how committed they were to this. So I, as I say, I looked into it myself and decided that it was something that, that had a role mm. to play. Now has this, uh, your son who suffers from this, you know, the same kind of uh, addictive tendencies that, you know, were kind of uh, <laughs> your gift to, uh, to, uh, to the family or the yeah. part of the genetic pool. Uh, has, has CBD been playing a role in his ongoing recovery? Uh, it, it definitely has been. Yes. He, uh, he's 23 now. Um, up to this point, his mother and I sent him to three different rehabs, and these rehabs yeah. were a form of wilderness therapy. And so, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but what they do is they take uh, generally young young adults, uh, mm-hmm. they strip away their cell phone and all of their uh, the luxuries that they have, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the luxuries that they have, put them out in a tent for yeah. three months, and just just break them down to the most basic, uh, the, the basics, and then build mm-hmm. them back up. And mm-hmm. that certainly helped Dan, um, but it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't, it, 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 it helped him, but it wasn't enough at that point in his life, being a, a young man at that point of 18, 19, mm-hmm. and 20. Um, yeah. But today we are recognizing today the the five year anniversary of the death of his very best friend in the world, somebody he grew mm-hmm. up with to an opioid mm-hmm. overdose, and that oh, wow. made it that made it real mm-hmm. for Dan. And so, mm-hmm. yes, he takes um, just like I do. He takes uh, boost in the morning with his coffee. It's a coffee additive that we have, and then he takes detox during the day. And you can, and he takes that. I, I, of course, he has all the products, so he takes it from a capsule or a drink powder and an oil, uh, and then uh, takes one capsule of the Z's at night uh, before he goes to sleep. Well, friends, David and I are pleased to welcome to the podcast a new sponsor, Soberlink, and we're positive that you're going to love this tool for managing your alcohol recovery. In early sobriety, we often focus on what we're losing instead of what we're gaining. Soberlink, you're gaining increased accountability, a deterrent against drinking, and a tool to help you stay connected with people who care. Uh, Here's what it is. It's a really high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones. In case there's ever a slip, your treatment professional or anyone else you've chosen to be in your recovery circle will know immediately. Uh, More important than the technology is the brand. It is part of Soberlink's mission to break the stigma that surrounds addiction, which is why they partner with Positive Sobriety Podcast and many others in the recovery community. It's also why they specifically focus on using alcohol monitoring as a recovery tool, not for criminal or recreational purposes. There there isn't anything like it on the market. Well, together we've developed a guide called 
Tips for Keeping a Positive Outlook on Sobriety. And you can download it at www.soberlink.com PSP. That PSP is for Positive Sobriety Podcast. On that page, you'll also find a form to request $50 off your purchase when you're ready to try Soberlink. So um, I wonder, Thomas, can, can, can you describe for us in, in layman's terms, what actually is going on in the brain or the body? How is CBD actually on a physiological level uh, you know, affecting us in a positive way? Sure. CBD works through something called the endocannabinoid system. Everyone has one, and it is a... Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) That's good to know. I didn't know I had one. Okay. You do, but it wasn't discovered until I think it was the early 70s or so. But the endocannabinoid system is a a system of neurotransmitters that runs from the brain throughout the body, and it helps stabilize important bodily functions. Okay. Food, sleep, uh, in our case, addictive cravings. Okay. CBD does when you take CBD, it replenishes a your endocannabinoid system that can get depleted over time just through uh, the stressors of life and so on. Just life itself can can deplete deplete that system. So what you're doing is you're making yourself whole when you take CBD, and it replenishes that that endocannabinoid system and gets you back to, to homeostasis and equilibrium. Is that system uh, tweaked by uh, active addiction? I mean, do we do we kind of mess up the system by overindulging in whatever our favorite medication is? Yes, we sure do. Uh, It it can that can affect it as well as just stress, uh, just some of the things that we face on a day to day basis. So, okay, it, it can. Yes. Aging, as in my case, perhaps. Um, Now, my wife has used uh, and still does use uh, CBD. Uh, She started using it for sleep. It was tremendously helpful. Uh, Allie has some anxiety issues that CBD can help to calm. Uh, Now, we did discover that uh, with the CBD she started with contained a trace amount of THC, the stuff that's in, you know, the happy weed, right? Right. which would be picked up like in a drug test and, you know, falsely identify her as an active drug user. Uh, Is that true of all CBD or what's the deal with CBD and THC? Let me, let me, let me quickly just explain that CBD, it, it, it comes on a spectrum. There's something on the, on one side of the spectrum is CBD isolate. And that is, just as it sounds, just as it's just CBD. Uh-huh. On the other end of that spectrum is full spectrum. So that has CBD. It has uh, all of the other 113 cannabinoids that are in CBD. As well what? As the terpene. What? <laughs> 113. Okay. All right. This is getting more complex all the time. Uh, yes. Yeah. 113 cannabinoids are in in full spectrum CBD, uh-huh. and okay. as well as we flavonoids and terpenes, those things that give flavor and and aroma to to the CBD. What okay. we sell is broad spectrum CBD. So we have 112 of those cannabinoid, cannabinoids. The only cannabinoid that we do not have is THC. We take oh. out the THC in our products, but by okay. law, by law. CBD cannot contain more than 0.3% THC. So okay. no, no CBD should, should provide, uh, should get you high. It should not intoxicate right, right. you in, in any way, but certainly ours right. will not in that uh, we take out that THC. And by the way, by the way, we, we do something called a certificate of analysis on every product, every batch of product that we develop. And that is a, that's a third-party lab analysis of the ingredients in our products. And we post that okay. on our website so you can see that. So you can see that there, there, is, there is no THC in our products. Yeah. Uh, but let me, let me say, CBD isolate 
I am not a fan of because okay. you want those other cannabinoids uh, that come in hemp and come in, in along with CBD because they provide something called an entourage effect. And that is uh-huh. that those all of these cannabinoids are thought to interact in very favorable synergistic ways with your endocannabinoid system. So, right. so I am a fan of full spectrum, but not for us, but broad spectrum because we, we take the THC out. But it has all of the other uh, helpful ingredients that CBD. Yeah. Well, I'm an addict, so so if given the option, I I I want the I want the full spectrum. Give me the like everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Load it up. Yeah. Uh, and if you can take out the THC, give me all but that. Uh, right. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah. you know, Thomas, I was I, I I'm curious because I have clients that are uh, very reluctant to talk about CBD because they feel like it's going to compromise their sobriety. There's a lot of misunderstanding, I guess, out there about what what we're offering if we're asking people to consider that. Do you have a way of kind of helping educate people with respect to, um, you know, the fact, just like what you just explained, that this is not a THC-based uh, thing? Because I even have people that confuse CBD with like the Delta-8 uh, variety of things. What's what, what can you say to kind of help encourage people that, that we're not encouraging them to go down a particular road that would compromise them? Yeah, D- David, I see a, a big part of my role at Exact Nature to help demystify and destigmatize CBD. Um, some of my friends, and it's becoming increasingly rare, they see CBD as trading one crutch for another. I don't agree with that in any sense because... Uh, CBD will not intoxicate you. It's not addictive and it's an all natural product. So if, if you have this product that can help curb those addictive cravings, and then once you abstain from using and overusing drugs and alcohol, then, then you, then you can start to address some of the, some of the other issues of, of life. And that's, so that's why we have a detox product for curbing addictive cra- cravings, serenity that helps with calm and mood. So for me, when my, when my active addiction moved out, depression moved in and I treated that. Oh, with, oh, yeah. Yeah. I treated that with, with pharmaceutical and prescription medication for 10 years and yeah. it worked until it didn't. Right. And that's not uncommon that they stop working, right? And then you have to go through this laborious trial and error, pro- error process to find out what might work next. And so I stopped I stopped all prescription medication. In fact, I don't take a single prescription med at this point. I treat my depression entirely with CBD at this point. And it works every bit as well as the prescription medication did which is to say not perfectly not all, not perfectly all the time because so when i have days of very particularly high stress i will, i still feel that it doesn't make me catatonic or zombie like mm-hmm. you know i mm-hmm. i still feel some of that but the vast majority of the days it really evens me out so it works every bit as well as the, uh, the prescription med and knowing that i'm taking a an all natural uh, product rather than something that is a prescription medication. I just, just, I feel better about that. Right. So, so I don't, I don't think it's true. It is not in my view, trading one crutch for another. It's just, it's something that can be very helpful to people that, especially in the early going, but, but ongoing, but especially in the early, early going, if it can help curb those addictive cravings, then Mm. what's not to like, if it doesn't intoxicate you, it's not addictive and so forth. Right. I, I'm, I am a full evangelist for, for CBD. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me ask you a question on behalf of my fellow technology addicts and porn addicts. Is there evidence that CBD helps with what is commonly called process addictions, such as gambling and food, all that kind of stuff? Does it help to curb those same kind of addictive cravings there, as there is, the substance addictions? There is evidence of that, and it works exactly the same way. Put your Mm -hmm. body back into homeostasis, and uh, it helps minimize visual cues. And so that could be for for pornography. It could also be Mm -hmm. for uh, smoking. It could be for Mm -hmm. uh, not just 
um, recreational drugs and alcohol, but in, in all of these, in all of these ways over. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. so it, but it works in exactly the same way, balances out the, the cannabinoid system. Uh, it breaks the psychological bridge that we have between, uh, between our brains and the, and our need for these substances. So it, it, there's some, there's evidence that is, it helps with all of these areas. We, all of us in the CBD industry are just chomping at the bit for more research on all of this because the early research has been very favorable. So we just want to, we want it to be tested and to be shown scientifically more often and, and uh, more completely and broadly than it, than it has been today. It's just a, it's just an early, uh, it's just early yeah. in, in this. And, but it, it's interesting that the, the FDA has um, opted this is a case where the FDA is allowing the sale of, of CBD because of the anecdotal and experiential, uh, uh, the experiences that customers have had with CBD. And it's been so favorable uh, that they, they don't want to get in the middle of that. Uh, mm -hmm. So they, they have, have, while they haven't fully endorsed it, they haven't made it illegal any, anywhere. So it's, it's legal in all 50 states. Yeah. I'm okay. glad you mentioned the depression, um, Thomas, because uh, I read an article recently that um, in uh, inpatient, for instance, where they uh, do a lot of research on, on patients with uh, uh, all kinds of addictive disorders, they're finding over 50% of the patients that are inpatient treatment uh, suffer from depression. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're saying, you know, if we don't treat the depression, we're not going to have any success with, you know, the recovery basically. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I have a, this is a, a unre I don't know. It's an, it's an odd question, but it occurs to me. You're in Maine, uh, Wells, Maine, you said where, um, uh, marijuana, recreational marijuana is legal in your yeah. state. Do you get any pushback? Does the CBD uh, supplement business get any pushback from the uh, dispensaries or the the dispensary business in states where um, marijuana would be legal? Because I know we're talking about two different things, but I think in the minds of customers or potential customers, maybe uh, with playing on the confusion, is there is there any pushback from the dispensaries uh, for the CBD dealers? I haven't seen any of that. And on the contrary, I've, I've seen that many marijuana dispensaries will also sell CBD because mm -hmm. a lot of people go in, especially with, with, with people that have experience with, with medical marijuana and so forth. Sometimes they, they like the, the effects that they get from that, but they don't want the high that comes with it. So mm -hmm. a lot of times dispensaries will move them from a marijuana and a THC based product to a CBD product. So I haven't, I haven't experienced that in, in any sense. I think there's still a lot of education that needs to be done at the dispensary level in terms of letting them know how, how CBD works and, and so on. So mm -hmm. uh, let, let me just also explain real quickly that marijuana and, and hemp both derive from the cannabis plant. They mm -hmm. are cousins, if you will. Marijuana has as high in THC as they want and low in CBD. Hemp is just the opposite. It's very high in CBD and very low in THC. So 99% of the of the CBD is derived from hemp for those very reasons. We don't want that THC. We don't we don't want it. Not that it's bad. Uh, I'm not making a judgment on it as much as saying that it's what we really want are those other cannabinoids in the CBD in particular. So they, they, they live in harmony, I think, in, in these, uh, in, in these uh, dispensaries. Yeah. How does the medical community view CBD or CBD use? I, I probably some of them with a certain uh, uh, raised eyebrow, but, but increasingly so uh they are accepting it and making it a part of addiction addiction management protocol. In fact, we have a major initiative right now going with with 
uh, with exact nature. And we are reaching out to, to about 10,000 uh, uh, treatment centers throughout the country, uh, telling them and, and about CBD and, and, and offering our product, of course, and that kind of thing. So and we've had very good results from that so far. So we're, we're seeing increasingly uh, an increasing acceptance among the uh, addiction treatment community of, of an embrace of CBD. They, they don't, they, uh, just like I said earlier, they don't see the downside. There's no downside because um, if it can help people abstain, that's what we want to do first, right? We want to cut off yeah. the use of these, of these, of these drugs. And I'll tell you, I have lots of examples of, uh, of customers that are, uh, are using these products and can, can talk about how, how it's helping. So we've been in business uh, about a year and a half at this point. We've had, we've had sales at every state and we offer a money back guarantee. And in a year and a half, we have had one person take us up on our money back guarantee. And by far detox is our, our leading, leading seller. And I'm not saying that, that our product for everyone that, that took our product, they are now sober. I'm not suggesting that as much as I am uh, really emphasizing that I do wholly believe that everybody that took our product is benefiting from these in some way. They may be still struggling with, with cravings, but they are finding that they have a bounce in their step or their, their mood is improved and their focus is better and their sleep is better, those kinds of things. So I, that's where I think that we are, uh, we are able to make a, a big difference. Yeah. And how soon, uh, if I'm in early recovery, let's say, and I, and I uh, want to take advantage of this uh, benefit of the product, how soon, uh, once I begin to take it, can I expect to start experiencing some um, relief or some, uh, you know, some result? Uh, that good question. That, that can vary. That can, it, it usually takes a minimum of three to four days and, and often about a week, but, but it's not uncommon also to take a couple weeks, two to three weeks yeah. to start really, uh, experiencing it. Yeah. So I'm not going to take it like, uh, in 30 minutes, I'm going to start enjoying the benefits of, uh, all of it. I, I need to know that it's a little bit of a cumulative. It, it, it is, you know, one, one example though, I, I will say where you can feel the effects right away is with the CBD creams We're we're, uh, we're in the final stages of our final formulations, uh, for our CBD creams now. And if somebody has, achy muscles, they can put CBD cream on it and they, they can feel, they'll feel good right away. It's, it's probably one of those products that make people uh, realize the potential that CBD has. But what I say to, to people that use the creams and have success with them is that it works exactly the same way as a pill that you, that you uh, ingest. It, what it does is the CBD gets into the blood, into the blood system and helps, uh, it helps with those muscles. And at that point of, uh, ache and pain and, but it works the same way. So as you ingest this, it may take a little more time to, 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 to fully realize these benefits, but you'll get there. I think with CBD, what I always say is, it's best with consistent use over time. So I've been taking it, as you would imagine, I, I take boost with my, with my coffee in the morning and I take uh, serenity throughout the day and usually a drink powder or a capsule both. And then I take a capsule at night. Um, so one thing I think that we will, that will benefit from in research. So all of our products have about 12, 25 milligrams of CBD per dose, whether it's an oil or whether it's a capsule or drink powder. That's a good, that's a good amount. It's a healthy amount. Um, less than that, I, I think, that, so I think more is better. I think that what research will show us that is that even greater uh amounts of CBD in your system will help over time. I read just a couple of days ago that people were taking 1500 milligrams of CBD and were, were enjoying benefits of it and were not showing any impairment while they're driving, for instance, no intoxic intoxicating effects. So I think that the industry will move towards that as more research uh, points to that. Also, CBD is still somewhat expensive. So we don't 
we don't want to offer a thousand milligrams in a capsule uh, quite yet. We want to we want people to get used to taking this and, and and realizing these benefits. And as as research points to this, we will increase the amount of CBD in our products. Would be my would be my guess. And even so, as I say, I take it several times a day in different in different forms. And so more is better. I just I I probably take 150 milligrams a day or so. And I think it's it's a very healthy amount. Okay, well, this has been a fascinating conversation. I feel uh, I feel a lot richer than when we started. I had no idea. I have so many cannabinoids. Yes. Uh, golly, uh, uh, who knew? And you know, my wife tr- has has tried on multiple occasions to get convince me to try the CBD, and I'm. As an addict, I'm drug resistant anyway, so sure. I have not, I've, I've not, uh, no, I've not tried it. But now, having talked with you, I'm going to do it. I will, and let's uh, let's just see where that goes. Anything that will help give me an edge in the ongoing uh, journey of sobriety, yes. I think it makes sense for me to try it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Thomas has a great offer for our uh, listeners. Uh, Nate, uh, we have an offer from uh, Exact Nature that uh, if our listeners um, uh, want to take advantage of this when they go to the website, which we'll give them also, uh, they, their uh, activation code for the discount is PS20, and that's Positive Sobriety 20% Discount. So PS20, and you'll get a 20% discount on your order. Hallelujah. Okay, great. And and multiple orders should you choose that. And that will be in place throughout 2022, throughout the year. Okay. That's awesome. And what's what's the website, uh, Thomas? It's exactnature.com. All right. Fantastic. Let me me also, I I don't know if you've um, caught on to this, but our name is derived from the fifth step of AA's 12 steps. Mm-hmm. We're admitted to ourselves. <laughs> right. Exact, exact nature. The exact of nature of our artist. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So we don't, we're not selling CBD for your tennis elbow or for your favorite pet. Uh, we uh, are aim, aiming directly at people with addiction issues. And that's, that is where our focus is and will, will always be. Something okay. finally, something about the fifth step that I can like, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understand all, all too well. Okay. This thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to have to go uh, retake my fearless moral inventory. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for finding time for us today, uh, Thomas. Uh, and uh, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Um, And Nate, I I think this was a really, I mean, I think all our episodes are helpful, but I think this is a really helpful episode uh, with uh, someone like Thomas who can really explain the benefits of something like CBD and um, and the misconceptions of it. Because like I said yeah. in the conversation with him, I have folks that um, whenever this is suggested as a supplement, uh, yeah. their uh, recovery care plan, um, there's been some uh, considerable resistance just because folks believed that uh, either there was THC components in CBD or it would compromise their sobriety or it had some kind of maybe psychoactive euphoric effect, you know, that mm-hmm, might mm-hmm. resemble marijuana or something. And even the confusion between the Delta 8 products and yeah, um, yeah. and CBD. And so I am really glad that um, Thomas uh, made his way in um, this week and, and just kind of enlightened us. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a great conversation. I hope it didn't come off sounding like an infomercial. I got a little bit concerned about that kind of in the middle of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but I mean, that certainly is not the case. I really wanted to, uh, I, I, especially in, I love the fact that he has focused for his, uh, you know, in his marketing 
and even in his product development mm-hmm. on uh, helping folks in recovery. He's got a recovery focus. Yeah, he and does. And tell, he yeah. believes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And having his son, uh, you know, being able to join him in that endeavor and also being yeah. in recovery, you know, I thought it was just a cool, um, you know, what a, a great way for a father and son to experience one another's sobriety and encourage each yeah. other and even have a family business out of it, maybe. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. very encouraged that he's marketing um, to the recovery community, not as an opportunistic uh, uh, situation, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. as the as the community can benefit from anything we can we can get our hands on to help us yeah. alleviate those things that can trigger us into going back to unwanted behaviors. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all part of service. It's, it's a different way of doing what you and I are doing. Yeah. You, you know, absolutely. I, we, we do this as an act of service mm-hmm. to help in our own sobriety. Right. And that's why I do it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not for the big fat paycheck. <laughs> is, is there money in podcasting <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe if you're joe rogan there's a little money in podcasting there might be there, yeah there might be yeah, yeah 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 oh hey uh just a reminder listeners we do uh value your suggestions a lot of our guests come as tips from listeners suggestions mm-hmm. you can always reach us at positive sobriety podcast at gmail.com uh, any feedback uh, would be very welcome. Any pushback, come on, talk to us. Uh, and also, if you enjoy the podcast, it really helps if you go to wherever it is you uh, get your podcasts and give us a rating. That helps push us up uh, and make it make us more visible so that other people can benefit. It does. Well, I think that wraps it for this week, David. Until next week, then. I'm Nate. And I'm David. (laughs) We're your pals on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. The Positive Sobriety Podcast is recorded at Crossroads for the Nations in Brentwood, Tennessee. Live producer Rex Schnelli, music by Rex Schnelli, theme music by Matt Ulrich, Uh, hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett, Uh, wardrobe (laughs) by Kathy Gifford. 